Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Throwing Up Bricks podcast, episode 33. We're doing it. We're still here, 33 episodes in, coming to you on a Sunday morning. I'm joined, obviously, by Jake. Hey, Obviously, by Jerome. Hey. But also, surprise, surprise, new guest, keeping the Jake crew going, it's my father, <laughs> John Forte. Hello. Hey. Great to be here. <laughs> great to have you great to have you the jake little known fact time. he is also jake's father yeah, yeah. <laughs> fun fact as far as we know <laughs> uh, all right well um good to have you here good to have you here and uh jake do we have a fact indeed we do laker related of course four of the five players on the top of the all-time scoring list have all suited up for the lakers Wow. Everybody but Mike. Everybody but Mike. Yep. Do you think Mike ever would have come? I nope. mean, no. probably not, yeah. No chance. I mean, he went to the Wizards. That's because he was an know. owner of the team, right? The Wizards president. never made it personal right. with him. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, we're coming to you on Sunday before Game 3, which means we have to talk about, since the last pod, Game 2 of the NBA Finals between the Lakers and the Heat. And so we'll get to that. We'll get to a little Adam Silver news. He had some remarks on the Olympics next summer. And um, maybe some other stuff we'll throw in there. Throw in some good stuff. But as always, we got to start with housekeeping. Jake? Housekeeping. Thank you. As always, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so at throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. That's throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. Jake, where can they find us? Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, Spotify, TuneIn, and that's about it. Yeah. Soon to be Twitter. Working on that. All right. Well, I mean, technically we're on Twitter, but I haven't done anything with Okay. That's a non-discussion for now. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> don't want to get too bogged down, so let's, uh, let's hit it if everyone's good with that. Yep. 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 Cool. All right, so let's begin. Uh, first topic on the docket. Lakers heat, obviously, game two. Lakers down the heat, 124 to 114. Um, no Bam, no Dragic in this one. And I don't know about you guys, but it looked like a kind of just like a sluggish game all around. I. I don't know. What do you guys think? It just looked kind of lethargic, like a game from February in the middle of the season. I think that probably has to do with the Heat taking 34 free throws. Like this, it was, <laughs> there's so much stoppage. Just couldn't really get into any flow. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like they doubled up the Lakers in free throw attempts, 34 to 17. Yeah. Basically the, the inverse of game one, right? Um, Which is kind of crazy that this would, seems like it was would have been the game that they would have won and they still got beat by 10. Yeah. Did you guys feel like it was a close game? I mean, score-wise, it was. Like, the Heat kept closing. At one point, they scored, uh, or they got the score as low as, like, a five-point differential, three-point differential, something like that. But it never really felt like the Lakers weren't in control. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if, if Kelly Olenek is jacking up shots early in the three in, in the shot clock, I think you're probably fine. <laughs> yeah. Jake and, and Papa, what were your takeaways from this one? Um, it, I think the Lakers were in control the whole time. There was always like a 10 point deficit for the heat. Um, I think the Lakers just got a little sloppy on defense, letting them hang around. 
both teams were scoring on offense. Both teams had their offenses going. It was just defensively, both teams were a little off. Um, and obviously, AD kind of downed all their chances in the in the first half. Just absolutely dominated them. He did, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't think they. I mean, the, you know, they were going to be underdogs regardless. But when you lose your top two of your top players and your best defense defensive player on a team that you're already mismatched yeah. against the other team's two best players are, are where you're at a disadvantage. Um, you know, I think the Lakers just, they knew what they had to do and they executed, they had low turnover, you know, a few turnovers and they were just kind of methodical. And as long as they played their game, they were going to win. There was just no way for them to lose unless they let guys just go off. And, and I think they, they did a decent job of not letting them just, uh, drain, you know, threes. Duncan Robinson didn't go off, that kind of thing. They didn't have mm-hmm. anybody that just went crazy. So, um, yeah, the only unexpected Heat player was really on Linux, right? He was the only one who got it going. Yeah. Um, yeah, they needed Bam, man. They <laughs> they really needed Bam. Uh, yeah. AD was just insane in this one. At one point, he was 14 for 15 from the field goal, or from the, from the field. <sighs> like, the dude just could not be stopped. I mean, and the one that he missed, he probably put back in anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was put back city for a while there. I, who do you guys think is in the the lead here for Finals MVP? Because Anthony Davis, yeah, AD is. He's, he's so dominant. Game. They have no answer for AD. But it's a testament to how good LeBron is that the dude can put up two near triple double, thirty point triple doubles, and still not be in first for the Finals MVP. Yeah. Running. Yeah. Do you think he cares? No. Do you think? No. Well, here's my well, theory. I, I, oh, I you can go. He, you can go first. Sorry, I just, I just, I think he's really done a great job of mentoring AD, and mm. he's really he's a constant. You see it after the game or in between, he's constantly in his ear, and and I think yeah. you know he's trying to get him out there and feel like, hey, this is your team, eventually, and and you know it, you get to step up, and I think mm-hmm. he'd be fine with it. He's an excellent salesman too. I, I'm sure he's got in the back of his mind. AD is a, technically a free agent this offseason, right? Is he really? Yeah. yeah, he yeah. could just walk. Uh, <laughs> there were rumors that he was going back to home to Chicago during the regular season, but I think this playoff run and this dominance he's putting up is yeah, – I don't think he's going anywhere. And he just bought a new home in L.A. Yeah, I don't and think – Everybody knows the real estate market is what tells everybody what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron could just be like, hey, remember how I let you get the finals MVP? Why don't you come back? I'll give you another one. <laughs> well, I think me, either, either he doesn't care or he's going to go for like 50 – in the in the closeout game and try to steal the recency bias vote. Ooh, that's not a bad take. Yeah, he's timing it. You know, yeah, LeBron, he's the master of timing. Yeah. I think yeah. no, I think I think Papa's right. I think he's he wants AD to win it to give him that look at look at what we can do here. Look how dominant I am. I'm going to stay here for the rest of my career. I think that's his angle. And I think yeah. LeBron knows it's you know now right now it's that it's mentoring and it's championships and as long yeah. as they win yeah. right. That's what he's he wants. That's he he wants to get more championships. Yeah. So. yeah, that's the best thing he can do for his legacy if he wants to pass MJ, right? Like, yeah, just win championships. That's the only thing he can do. Yeah, yeah. he's done yeah. everything else. There's nothing in NBA history that this guy hasn't done. It's right. the only thing is championship. Right. He's going to end up the you know highest scorer, you know, up there in assists, everything. He's going to be you know tops and everything. It's just those those rings. So. Speaking of LeBron longevity, is uh, we didn't talk about this last game, but that crazy dunk he did at the end of the first uh, half 
yeah. <laughs> after time expired in game With one. The one, yeah, the one that didn't count. Can anyone have ever done that at thirty-five? <laughs> ever? That's know. insane, and it's like just know. a casual thing for him. It's like, unreal. You got to look at some of the great, the great freak athletes. Like Wilt at thirty-five was averaging fourteen points a game, um, and nineteen rebounds. But that's neither here nor there. And then Mike <laughs> was Mike was thirty-four in the last dance season, so he was. He was still at the peak of his game. So maybe Mike's the only comparison in terms of athleticism at that age. Yeah. Would um would Mike have continued like LeBron is right now if uh he'd kept playing? Because he took when he came back for the Wizards, obviously he was a shell of himself, but he could still score. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking like maybe it would have been a gradual descent rather than a cliff drop. If they ran it back one more year, they would have won for sure. For sure. He would have seven rings. And if he stayed, if he didn't retire the first time, he would have at least eight rings. I don't know, because Scotty was really dropping off. Like, even 99, he didn't really have a great year, if I recall. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was on a different team, but still. Yeah. Yeah. I For some reason, when we look back at the Trailblazers, I think we did that a few pods ago. I always thought that Scotty was, like, the leader of that team, but he was only averaging, like, 16 points a game or something yeah. when he went there. Like he wasn't. Well, he was never a a scorer like that. I mean, volume scorer. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Sorry, but we've got completely sidetracked from the actual game. (laughs) What else is new? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So getting back to the game, uh, we talked about the Lakers side. Obviously, AD incomparable. LeBron ridiculous. Um, Got some good contributions from the bench. We got playoff Rondo again. He was great. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I know. Kuzma actually had a, uh, another decent game. I've actually been really pleasantly surprised by Kuz in these playoffs. Like, I think he's, I feel like he's bought in, you know, like he's, uh, he's doing the little things. He's playing defense. He's giving effort. He's rebounding. He knows he's not going to be a scoring threat every single night. And he's kind of accepted that kind of like Dwight, you know, he just kind of leaned into the role and is uh, yeah. therefore doing a great job. Well, they've, that goes into the, the culture they've built there. And the I think, they know who they are and they, they have a great identity right now. It's, you know, tough defense and, and obviously the ball goes through two goes through Rondo and, and LeBron for playmaking on offense, but they know who they are. And, you know, Kuzma for that identity is you're going to cut, you're going to make, you know, you're going to follow, make follow-ups. You're going to move. You're not going to stand there with the ball and, dribble and then shoot a three you're gonna you're gonna have to get your stuff another way and i think mm-hmm. he's really bought into that plus his defense has been so much better much than better. where he yeah. was mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a it, it's a huge departure in the offensive end from what he was doing last year right yeah. like last year if he didn't have the ball he wasn't moving yeah yeah like he, was, he was just standing on the. but he's got he's got you know rondo or lebron will get him the ball if he moves right. i mean if you move you will get the ball yeah they've um and he Crusoe just, does a good job of that too. Yeah, Crusoe as well. There, yeah. there was a point in the game. I don't remember if it was uh, game one or game two where Kyle Kuzma kind of uh, like t- he took took a dribble and then like shot a, th- a contested three when he could have drove to uh, you know drove to the hoop. And LeBron James told him he said, "You can't do that against the zone. Like that's that's what they want you to do." Right. Um. So th- there's definitely like that strong leadership is, is key for a guy like Kuzma. Um. So I think that's that's been really big. While we're, oh, I was just gonna say, uh, I wanted to mention some stuff about the Heat in terms of, um, 
Jimmy seems as as good as he's been for at different areas. He seems like he's way too passive attacking the rim because when he gets to the rim, he'll have a wide open layup, and at the last second, he turns and he fires a pass yeah. out to the three point line. And I'm not sure if that's just that same mentality he's having where I, I'm getting people involved before I score or what that what what's causing that. Yeah, I noticed that too. I don't. Yeah. I mean. It's kind of been his MO all playoffs, right? He's been the the superstar getting everybody else involved over himself and only taking over in crunch time, right? Mm-hmm. That's been his, like, I don't know, his shtick, mm-hmm. I guess. Is it going to work, though, is my question, right? Can he do that now that Bam's injured, Dragic is injured? Yeah. We don't know if, when if either of them are going to come back. Uh-huh. Can he keep doing that? Or no. does he now just need to step into like He's got to be a gunner. He's got to start gunning. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I agree. I think he needs to do more offensively. I mean, he had a he had a good game in this one, right? He went for uh, twenty five, right? Yeah, yeah, twenty five, thirteen on, assists too. Thirteen assists, yeah. So he was he had a really good game, but mm-hmm. it's not like a like a forty or fifty spot, yeah. you know, just an all on offensive onslaught that carries the team. This has kind of been um, a theme for us, where we see these guys have good games, but it's like it's the playoffs. We, we you need to elevate and really have those yeah. great games. You know, like when James Harden in the closeout game had like 30 something like, well, that's kind of what he averages. You got to you got to bump that up. And like, um, you know, a guy like Tatum's like, you got to You got to do give me more than your average. You do definitely. And especially given like all the injuries, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially. So it amplifies it. Yeah. It's but is he that kind of player? Like. I don't really think of him like not that. Really. You know, the guy's like, go ahead. He's not. He's not a. He's not a just, you know, five times down in a row, nail a shot kind of guy. Right. Um, That's true. I mean, he gets there at the end of the day, you look and he's got 25, but it's not that lighted up 25 where you're yeah. just like, someone's got to stop that guy. Yeah. I mean, he had 11 from the line also. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's where he does most of his scoring is from the yeah. free throw line. Yeah, and he's not a huge three-point shooter, so you're not going to no. get a barrage of, no. you know, quick quick points. And this is the least confident I think I've ever seen him in his shot. Like he looks super hesitant on any shot he takes, even the ones that go in. Yeah. I don't know when that started. I think I wonder what, if it might be, cause this is the deepest run he's ever had. It might be a, I don't want to mess up type of thing. Cause he knows his shots, not, not his strength. So it's like, like we have all these great shooters. I don't want to be the guy taking the bad shot, you know? Right. Right. Well, there's Kenny from the top of the key with five seconds <laughs> into the shot clock. That's the better <laughs> shot. And he shot 42% from the three. Yeah, but that was because yeah. he was he was hitting up at the beginning, and then the second half he was just chucking, yeah, like hitting true. the side of the backboard and not even touching the rim. Paul George in it. So then what did he do? What's the heat recourse here? Because we all agree that this game was never really in jeopardy for the Lakers, right, even though the score got close. Start to packing up and make some vacation plans. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, they tried to, you know, use more zone, but the Lakers just no, take it Rock apart. You that. put AD I mean, in the yeah, middle yeah. or you put Rondo in the middle, It they just, they tear them apart. Yeah, you, you have the ex- the experienced playmaking of LeBron and, and Rondo, plus, you know, eight, having AD, it's, there's no, there's really nothing they can do. Yeah. Unless Bam can come back and be yeah, like at Bam least 80% Bam. Because yeah. then what I was saying before the pod is, Myers Leonard could be effective if you have Bam, um, because right. then you have someone you know match up against the size, and then he doesn't have to play AD. 
Um, you, you can put uh, you can put Bama on AD, and then they match up a little bit better. Um, but I mean, Myers Leonard is not very extremely effective if Bam's not in. Yeah, he can't be a replacement for Bam. Exactly. He has to work alongside. Yeah. Exactly. So if they can get Bam back, maybe they can steal a game, but it's gonna be tough. Yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. Yeah. It's kind of a dud of a finals. (laughs) Well, it's kind of almost a repeat of last year, except the other way around. The 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 favorite stayed healthy rather than the uh, the underdog. I mean, it's still kind of entertaining. I'm still having fun watching the Lakers. Well, I'm sure it's entertaining for Lakers because we're Lakers. (laughs) That's a good point. But (laughs) like, if you were a Laker fan, this game was probably like just god awful like you don't want to watch this game well hey maybe this is a testament to your 16 seed playoffs because remember before that raptor Mm -hmm. series you had two years in a row where the uh, the warriors just drubbed the cavaliers you know that fourth season lebron was in cleveland the marquee for like the finals had like steph kd and and clay on one side and then lebron kyle corver and tristan thompson on the other (laughs) <laughs> so like, this is the first dud of a playoff or a finals yeah, I've seen yeah. recently. Yeah, true. Is that a problem then? That does that get addressed if you change the the playoff format to one through sixteen, regardless of conference? Either that, or you just gotta be like, look, the Western Conference Finals is the finals. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. I I mean, you know, Eastern Conference team won it last year. Uh, true. I, I I just think, you know. The Lakers, they ran into a buzzsaw. I mean, the Lakers are clearly have the mismatches. They may match yeah. up great. I think it would have been harder against Boston. And um, then you get injuries. You're just, you're out of luck. Yeah, because the, um, so if you look at the overarching stats in this in this game, right, the Lakers shot much worse from three than they did in game one, right? Game one, they shot an unsustainable percentage. We talked about that. This game, they shot 34, basically in line with their regular season numbers, right? Yeah. I mean, the Danny Green and, and KCP went three for 19. Exactly. Yeah, our, starting, or our, our shooting guard rotation was horrible. That was horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then on top of that, the Heat doubled up the Lakers on free throw attempts, 34 to 17. Um, and overall, in terms of field goal percentage, like they both shot 50% from the field, both teams. But the, the Heat shot 90% from the line and 40% from three. So like all around, the Heat just shot better from the field. And yet they still lost comfortably by 10 to the Lakers. So I, I, yeah, it's just it, size, I guess. Yeah. You, yeah. Like I was saying at the beginning, you look at the stats, this would, this should have been the game that they stole and they didn't. So it's it just, yeah. Instead they lost like comfortably by yeah. 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only, I mean, well, the only way the Lakers would have lost that is turnovers. If they would have been more of a yeah. 20 turnover That's game true. versus yeah. nine. Yeah. And, uh, and then just completely stunk it up from the field. But, I mean, AD was just ridiculous. Yeah, he was a monster. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then LeBron, the crazy thing about LeBron is me and Jerome were talking about this. He, You watch the game, and you're like, oh, he, he did good. He didn't like, didn't look like he dominated the whole game. And then you look at his box score, and he's got 33-9-9. Nine, and nine. Like He's, he's got the leading the, scorer for the Lakers yeah, somehow. He's got the quietest stats yeah. of any superstar ever. Because I guess we just come to expect it because he does it every game. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. So um, I have this way later in the docket, but I'm kind of curious right now what your guys' opinions are. So mm-hmm. if we look ahead, I know it's dangerous, but you know, assuming the Lakers win this, if they win a championship, right? Not saying it will happen, but if we make that assumption, 
what does this do for the league going forward? Because, you know, we were kind of in the middle of the small ball movement. You know, the Rockets went pocket Rockets this year, right? As like mm-hmm. the the peak of that sort of way of thinking. Does this destroy it? Does the fact that the giant Lakers with AD and Dwight and LeBron in the front court won the championship handily, does that set the movement back or make people think a little differently? You guys go ahead well, and give mean, your take because I want to go up last and drop a bombshell okay. on everybody. Well, I mean, AD is not... AD is this the prototypical small ball center, isn't he? To, to a certain extent, it just yeah. happens to be yeah. that he's tall. Um, so I think it really is. It's the you know the pinnacle of the small ball movement to a certain extent, where these guys. I mean, you take out Dwight Howard; he only, he really only played seventeen minutes. Um, it's really about AD, um, but he just ha- he he has the skills of a big man and a, and a, you know and and um, a perimeter guy and it's 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 unreal i just think that's the way it's moving where everyone's going to need to be skilled to be effective to have a, a spot in the league in that way um obviously not to the extent that anthony davis is cuz yeah. he's unreal but to a certain extent you have to be more skilled than the old school big man um to to have a spot in the league so i think it's it actually is the pinnacle of the small ball movement yeah i i i, I agree cuz i I mean, it is great to see a, the bigs, you know, still involved in the game and not, you know, trying the the what I think is ridiculous, the Houston experiment with no bigs. <laughs> um, but you're right. I mean, you have a you have a, a a big that can actually switch on a guard and 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 cover a guard if they have to switch and mm-hmm. step out and shoot threes and drive. And I mean, it's just it's you know they at the beginning of the year they were at that two bigs with you know, kind of a double high post and more traditional sets. And it just, they didn't score that much. And all of a sudden, yeah. you know, they, they really shrunk the minutes of that second big, the, yeah, you know, the JaVel McGee type and, and went to this other arrangement. Once, once they got Rondo, obviously that made, mm-hmm. made it possible, but yeah, now it's you're you are still playing a smaller lineup. It's just, you have this guy that's just amazing. <laughs> that's still seven yeah. feet. Yeah. <laughs> And and that kind yeah. of speaks to also um, what Jake has been saying pretty much all playoffs the 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 adaptability of Frank Vogel that he was like he he started the the way they started scheming and stuff was so is so much different from where they are now and That's you true. really got to tip your hat to to that yeah yeah no he's I, he I is the best uh, at least I think I've seen in terms of game to game in this playoffs and in game adjustments he has done a masterful a job yeah I agree. Yeah, even better than Spo, who like we've seen do pretty good adjustments in the series before this, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, he's right. they've they've been amazing. You also got to keep in mind that he has Anthony Davis, which is the most adaptable <laughs> big man in the league. Yeah. Maybe ever, ever. Um, my, yeah, adaptable. Is he yeah. better than Garnett, which is getting the guy that prototype? I picture Garnett as a four, as a power yeah. forward. Exactly. I, I, Garnett couldn't shoot AD, three right. like AD. True. And he wasn't really like AD has has moves on the perimeter, you know. Katie, Katie, or um, not Katie, uh, Kevin Garnett. He could he could hit that outside jump shot, but but like he was more of like maybe a spot up guy, yeah. rather than you know AD can like spin move. He can you know he can cross you over. It's crazy what he can do. So the only time we've seen this then is is KD on the Warriors, yeah. right? Okay, can, has everybody got their two cents in on yeah, the small geez. ball? Yeah, yeah. Right. Drop your bomb. Okay, <laughs> drop, the bomb, so, drop the bomb. Your points were very valid in terms of 
well, I think Papa said this, it's less small ball and more smaller lineups around your center. Like the, mm-hmm. the typical power forward is extinct. I think we can agree with that. The, mm-hmm. the nineties, 2000s power forward. <laughs> yeah, that is gone. And I'm not sure it'll ever come back. Bye bye, Charles Oakley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but in terms of this quote unquote small ball revolution that everybody was trying to do to succeed, guess what? Like the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, and wrestling, it's all fake. There was no small ball. The only team that ever figured it out was the Warriors because they had Steph Curry and Kevin Durant on the same team. I think it was so dumb that every team was like, all right, it works for them. It'll work for us. No, you don't have the three best shooters in the league. You don't lead the league in mid-range scoring. You don't, you don't have Draymond Green as a power forward making plays. Everybody tried to do this small ball thing and just thought, all right, so it must be just the height of the players that means more success. No, you have to look at the team and how they're constructed. It worked for them because of the personnel they had and the great players they had. It doesn't work for the Rockets because you it's not the same. You don't have all these knockdown shooters. Mm-hmm. You just have a bunch of bums and Harden out there. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> no no offense to P.J. Tucker. He's a great player. but <laughs> A yeah. great player that just shoots corner threes. But on the defensive end, yeah. he's, he's, he's extremely underrated. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, that's, that's a very good point. It, it's not the size. It's the style of play that is yeah. small. It was, yeah, for sure. It was and, an yeah. idiotic thing to do, and the Lakers found a way to counter it, is play actual basketball with actual players. Yeah, Because think about it this way. Uh, Porzingis is a small ball center, and the dude's 7'3". What's small about 7'3"? Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing. It's not. Yeah. And and like you hit it too. I mean, this whole idea that the mid range game is is dead and it's now threes yeah. or layups is just yeah. ridiculous because the Lakers Warriors do it too. It. Lakers are good mid range shooters. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's AD's, AD's game. Yeah. <laughs> people just um, people so. just try to ignore that fact. They're like mid range yeah. is dead. Yet the Warriors led the league three years in a row in mid range points. How can you yeah. say that? I don't get it. Well, people misinterpret the analytics movement, right? They yes. see the analytic movement says uh, you shouldn't take mid-range shots. And I've spoken about this before. They're not saying you shouldn't take mid-range shots. They're saying for your average crappy player in the league, a mid-range shot sucks. But that doesn't mean it's a bad shot in and of itself. Yeah. If because you have guys like AD or Kawhi who are great at it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then it becomes sure. an efficient DeMar. shot. Like DeMar yeah. DeRozan averages 25 a game not shooting threes. Yeah. Exactly. So you can't you can't just be like the Rockets and say no mid rangers ever because that's not necessarily efficient. That limits your shot like chart, right? And then the yeah. other team knows exactly what you're going to take. You're going to take it. three, or you'll take a layup. They know they don't even have to guard the mid range basically. Exactly. Well, as you guys said in prior podcasts, you 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 de- they determine if they're going to win or lose. If they yeah. hit yeah. their threes, they win. Mm-hmm. If they don't, they lose. That's that's it. <laughs> there is no adjust. There is no adjustment. <laughs> yeah, they, they're very one dimensional. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, I, I'm glad I posed that question because that was a lot of good answers. I like that. All right. Um, okay. So getting back to the series at hand, um, game three. I don't know if we have any news on Bam or Dragic if they're coming back. Um, I'll look. Yeah, up that right would now. change the. I just outlook, I can't right? see Dragic coming back from that. I can see Bam maybe, uh, you know, toughing it out, but I really can't see Dragic. Like, that's so devastating for a guard. It is. Yeah, that, that plantar fascia stuff is, is mm-hmm. nasty to deal with. Yeah. I, that's just horrible. You get all this way, and yeah, that happens. It's just Especially for a guy like that. Okay. And, and Especially Bam, for a guy like that who's been struggling. What was that about Bam, Jake? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, Bam has a shot to play, and Dragic is mm-hmm. doubtful. 
I think Bam literally has a shot to play. Like they got to shoot up that shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much all they can do. Yeah. I actually heard that he was afraid of needles and that's why he didn't, hasn't had any shots. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. Hold them down. Any of the cortisol shots or whatever it is. But uh, again, if I'm Jimmy Butler, I'm holding him down. You're getting this shot. (laughs) Getting back to that small, that small ball kind of concept or, I think the other, you know, we talked about the offense, the defensive side. I think the Lakers have shown that you can still play tough, physical, kind of 90s style basketball where if you're going in the paint, you know, Dwight Howard's going to put you on your rear end. And, right. and I think, I think that pounding, that concept of just pounding guys and pounding and pounding, you know, it wore out Denver. Denver was just. Mm-hmm. was just wiped out by that last game and 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 then you know and then i think the heat too they're just getting they're just getting you know they you know uh out went right up against howard and howard just he just creamed him and, yeah. and uh brick walled him yeah sure. and it you know there is something and that's that's the style vogel style he brought that from indiana that's his kind of you yeah, know physicality physicality you're not going to get easy let you know layups we're gonna make it hard on you yeah and this and the um, the small ball thing teams it works in the regular season yes but during yeah. the playoffs come and you're playing the same team four right. five you, six times yeah. it's a totally scheme. different ball game yeah it is and it really is and one more thing i want to mention is the uh the switching right so that was a key to the warriors back in the day remember it was like oh they're super switchable they can switch yeah. one through five right anybody can switch Vogel is taking it the opposite direction right. he's like no, don't switch no. <laughs> unless you absolutely have to. And there's literally physically no way for you to keep yeah. guarding the guy you're on. You don't switch. Yeah. You fight through that screen because if you fight like, sure, sometimes in the NBA, there's situations where you have to switch, right? A pick is really good. The offensive player sets you up perfectly. You have to switch. Otherwise, they'll get an open shot. But a lot of times that's not true. No, like a lot of times it's not a great pick. You can fight and you, can. you switching is just you being lazy. How many times do we see the Rockets where they don't even set a pick? PJ Tucker just kind of walks by Harden and they switch exactly. automatically. And they that switch. took no yeah. effort and they just yeah. a mismatch. That's horrible. Yeah, so defense. what Vogel said is we can't allow that to happen because that's how they'll get Dwight in weird situations. So we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna fight. We're gonna yeah. fight through these screens. Yeah, and he doesn't maintain our. He doesn't like big on small and small on big. I mean, he doesn't like that yeah. mismatch. Yeah. And Vogel and but Unless I think it's again <laughs> it's a it's a another misconception with you know you, you talk about the the Warriors and being tops in terms of mid range shooting. And, and that's the same thing on the defensive side. They were good defenders, and right. if they switched, they were they still had the culture of playing good defense. I think a lot of teams just switch, and then there's just this: I let a guy go right by me to the basket, and then the guy helps, and then we try to recover to the shooter. It's there's no there's no effort to try to lock up a guy and say yeah. I'm not going to let you get in the lane. It's just they open up their step and they let the guy drive right by him every single. It's just amazing how porous the defense is and uh, it's laziness at the point of attack it, <laughs> yeah i just it just drives me nuts watching it because they just mm-hmm. it's one step and they're gone they're already by the guy because nobody just plays defense anymore yeah i mean there's certain guys that still play i mean there's you know you've got locked down perimeter guys some guys but there's just so many guys that just get you know and the way they run it through guys that are shooting threes and just run by them and you know, guys, one one shot fake, and the guy yeah. runs right by he you, and flies by. Yeah. it's just he's forty feet away. <laughs> it's just lazy. I mean, it's just yeah. I, 
It is, yeah. And I think Vogel's done a great job of stopping that on the Lakers. At least. Yeah, he's yeah. That gets back to their identity and their culture. I mean, they've really bought and they bought into it. They've bought into the yeah. culture and so. Now, what do you think that comes from? Do you think that comes from uh, just everyone looking looking for like offense being you know what what gets people paid? I think it comes from seeing your best player buy in, and then oh they no, I, I not not the I'm talking about uh, why why the def- like individual defense is kind of people just don't give effort on the end seemingly. Oh, oh. Is is it just because offense is what gets you paid, gets you the big contracts, so everyone's Maybe. putting more effort on that end? A lot I of that. And, and I think that mentality of, you know, we'll trade a, a, a two for a three, you know, so I'll mm, let you go right. by me and score, but then I'll go down and shoot a three. And Gotcha. And it's just like, it, it's just it's just gotten too far. It's gotten, mm-hmm. you know, too out of hand, that mentality of just letting guys go by you and not, yeah. Um, and the expectations are different, right? It. Like now schematically, because we have these guys waiting behind you to protect the rim, like Gobert yeah. and stuff, people take their one-on-one assignment, not really personally like they used to, right? They don't. They're just like, They're just I'll give effort him. and if he burns me, whatever, yeah. I'll funnel him to the rim. Yeah. yeah. As like opposed to like, no, I'm not letting this guy get by me hell or high water. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think the culture has trickled true. down to everybody because you see guys like Caruso um, who every play he's, he's, in the right spot on defense, he's getting yeah. his hand on the ball. He's talking. It's 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 from the from the superstars all the way down to the last guy on the bench. Even J.R. Smith, he was out there a couple plays. I looked at him and he was he was horrible on defense, but he it looks looked like he was trying. It looked like he was attempting to yeah. be in the right spot. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the, the bit player buying in is extended yeah. as well. Yeah, like you yeah, said, especially Kuzma, right, well, Kuzma has adapted yeah, Kuz, to a completely yeah, different example. role, and and he's helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it definitely helps. Like AD, as great as he is on offense, he's still kind of a defense first guy. Um, so yes. and that yeah. that really helps. Um, when when your one of your superstars is that yeah. kind of a player should have been the defensive player of the year, yeah. got robbed. I think too the 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 grooming or the the development of young players, you know, through college and into the pros early. They just defense is just not a. You know, yeah, it's not a priority. It's not a priority with a lot of people. And I mean, how many guys have come in that just, you know, Lonzo Ball comes in and gets drafted because he can pass really well, but he can't score and he didn't, he wasn't a defensive player. Yet mm-hmm. he got, you know, he's number, what, number two draft pick. I mean, it's just, it it's crazy where it's just, we've totally forgotten that side of the, the ball and, and, Clearly, the Lakers have shown it works. You know, you you play lockdown right. defense; it creates your offense. Look at all the fast break points. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, it just it still is effective to play. Yeah. To yeah, play like, good defense, like you said defense about the Warriors. That's one yeah. more thing that people misinterpreted yeah. about them. They were the best defensive team in the league yeah. as well. It's like, oh, yeah. they shoot threes. Look at Steph pulling up from half court. No, they won because they had the three best shooters and they locked up and they had the perfect scheme to fit those points. Yeah, exactly. Well, Especially gonna, when you have, you know, Draymond, you Draymond Clay Thompson, yeah. and KD defensively. Yeah. yeah. That's so tough to deal with. Move us Clay was a great defender. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And like Curry well, gives effort on that end. It's not like he's just like floating around. I'm going to try and move us along a bit here. Um, okay. <laughs> we spent about 35 minutes on this. One more thing about the mid-range. <laughs> God, come on, Jake. 
<laughs> oh, you're joking. Okay. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, looking forward. Um, like we said, we're not sure about the uh, availability of Dragic and Bam. Looks like Dragic is not really likely to play at all, but Bam has a shot. So I don't know if that changes. I mean, does a hobbled Bam really change it that much? Some Bam is better than no Bam. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Some Bam. Okay, so then better question. Is this a sweep? What are your guys' predictions? Is this a sweep? Is this five games? Is this still a series? It's Technically, it's a, it's a technically the Lakers have only defended home court, so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> home bubble. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah I, I would know, say it's, it's a sweep if Bam can't play. Okay, for sure. Yeah, sweep. Yeah, get the brooms sweep. out. Get the brooms out. All right. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see in game three yeah. if Bam uh, plays. If that helps their adjustments at all. I mean, you know, Spo's going to have something off his sleeves. So, I just yeah. don't think anybody Oops. in this playoffs was any match for the Lakers when they when they've reach this identity when they figured out how to play. Um, I don't think anybody in the league stood a chance against this team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah especially once Lakers they got on. Rondo, it just, all the pieces just clicked. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. Right. Yeah. They are, to Rondo. Yeah. The, the synergy of this team is, is really unbelievable. They all work. Well, I'm just glad so we well. reached that point because it didn't look all no, the it time. Didn't. Like we were, no. it was very disjointed on offense yeah. before. And now it's really, the, the rotations are just, Exactly. Really nice. Yeah, he tightened it up. He figured it, it certainly out. Certainly yeah. peaked at the right time, right? So yeah, that's a that's a good sign. All right, which is we'll kind of the hallmark the... of LeBron James teams. Kind of, yeah, that's true. It's not a bad point. So we'll uh, we'll eagerly await the results of tonight's game, yeah. uh, and we'll come back t- uh, on that on the next pod. Moving on to the next topic, um, if you guys are still out for it, uh, yeah. Adam Silver had some news that I thought we could use in a uh, news or nos style segment here. Remember our old bit from back in the day. <laughs> Do we get to say back in the day? Probably not. <laughs> Only like 33 pods in. Um, but I'm going to do it anyways if you guys are out for it. I'll pose a, uh, a news sort of style segment here and you guys can give your reactions to it. So let's, uh, let's jump in. All right. According to recent news, Adam Silver in an interview mentioned that it is unlikely that the NBA 2021 season coming up is stopped for the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, Basically, he said that uh, if the Olympics happen to follow in the middle of the next season, because we don't know when the next season is happening or starting or ending, it's unlikely he stops because that would require too much stoppage and player for the NBA. Is this news is my question or not? Anybody? Um, I mean, at this point, it's just everything's just all up in the air. We have no idea where basketball, the country, the the, the pandemic will be in uh, a month, let alone four months or whatever. So um, I agree with him in terms of it's, it's going to be impossible if the NBA is in full swing to take a break and then give the guys enough time for training camp, blah, 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 all that stuff to, to go to the Olympics. Um, I think it's just a, a scenario where it's just, too much, too much is happening. It's just not going to be able to, to work out, especially because you need this NBA season, this next one coming up to be as, uh, as well put together as possible to recoup some of the, the money losses mm-hmm. and all that that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's not news in the, um, because, you know, there are, it's going to be a season that's already running late. Can you really, I don't think anyone expected them to be able to pause it. Uh, if you're already running late, you know, um, 
But I think it is news in the fact that they're thinking they might be running that late. Because I would, yeah. we, when we talked about this before, we were thinking um, that maybe they just, you know, do the do a shortened regular season and then do the playoffs at the normal time to get back to a normal schedule. Um, but th- I think in that respect, it is news where they are actually considering running that late. Yeah, I agree. Papa. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I think I agree with Jake. It's like everybody's mentality is so short term right now. We can't even think that far out in terms of. Mm-hmm what what this world is going to look like that i don't think people are worried about it until we get closer and so does that, that mean that he's saying like if if we send pros over to play in the olympics they're just going to play and they're not going to be in, in the involved in the games that are going to continue in the nba he didn't clarify so his exact wording i'll read the quote here he's when asked if the league would take a break next summer for the olympic games he said we'll consider it i think it's unlikely because at the end of the day if we start that late uh, we probably wouldn't stop for the Olympics because, as you know, it's not just a function of stopping for the period in which they are competing over in Tokyo, but they also require training camp and then they require rest afterwards. Yeah. So it seems more like he's just saying, if we happen to be playing at the same time, we're not stopping our season and mm-hmm. players can do whatever they feel right is right. I think what he's really saying is that it's gymmer time. <laughs> <laughs> Call him over for yeah, the Yeah, please. Shanghai I hope we don't have a team like we fielded for the whatever that was the world Cup, Smith. whatever they played oh my god it was horrible well, so that's why i think oh, the it's smith news. brothers even yeah but <laughs> that's why i think it's news because we saw what happened i mean that was embarrassing that was terrible the, it was well, the world cup right yeah or the the world championships i mean or sorry world cha- um, that was just really bad <laughs> it was horrible we had a bunch of like sub star level players and nobody really showed up and, and uh, like you can't do the old 90s 80s thing and put a bunch of uh, college guys out there because all the college guys are, are freshmen. There's no, yeah. there's no superstar yeah. guys that have been uh, there for three or four years. Uh, and the international scene is just better now. Yeah, they they have teams yeah. too much. Yeah, they man, too much they're full grown men. Yeah, I think, I think if it happens like this, we just have to accept that we're probably not going to win this year. Yeah, that's disappointing, but I guess that's what it's looking like. And this time, I can actually say we because it's USA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not just a team I root for. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, I was just curious your guys' comments there Mm because I think that's pretty – that's newsworthy, right? I almost Mm -hmm. forgot that we were supposed to have an Olympics this year. Yeah. uh, I I trust whatever Adam Silver does because he is clearly the smartest uh, commissioner in Commissioner He's been doing so – ever since he came in, like right off the bat. He is. He had that such a tough situation with the Sterling. And he handled that so well, and he's just been—it's just been up since then. Yeah, he's been yeah. great. Yeah, I agree. In silver, we trust. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In Nosferatu, we trust. <laughs> Maybe he needs Islam. to run for president. <laughs> oh. I mean, at this point, <laughs> anybody would be an upgrade. Silver James, twenty twenty-four. God. Ugh. Yeah, I wonder what Pop's situation is going to be because he nominally leads uh, Team NBA, right? Yeah. But if it's midseason, I wonder if he's coaching or not. Right. That's very true. Rotate back to Shashevsky. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. We can get David Blatt from wherever he's coaching. <laughs> Blatt? Oh, God. Well, pass. <laughs> All right. So, uh, last thing on the docket, if you guys got the stamina to get through this, is. Uh, some more Doc Rivers talk. So Jerome mentioned before the podcast that new information came to light. 
I think I was actually listening to the Rosillo podcast, the Ryan Rosillo podcast with Bill Simmons. Okay. And they were talking about how part of the reason why Balmer was so pissed and angry uh, after this exit um, was uh, draft field, right? So last draft when they, uh, or two drafts ago, I guess it was. Yeah, when they could have yeah. drafted MPJ rather than the mm-hmm. Nuggets drafting him, right? When they had picks 12 and 13 in that draft and they drafted yep. consecutively Shea Gilgis and then Jerome Robinson, which, mm-hmm. yeah, nominally Jerome Robinson would have picked. They, uh, they should have taken MPJ, but I guess Rivers and the staff and stuff told them MPJ was undraftable. Is that right, Jerome? Yep, undraftable. Undraftable. Well, yeah, yeah. the back, they just couldn't pull the trigger because of that, his injury. And so instead they took Jerome Robinson, who I'm not sure I've heard his name in the last year. So No. I mean, I've heard his first name because we have Jerome on the pod, but I haven't heard him <laughs> um, Yeah, so he's pissed. He's pissed, especially, I mean, you can understand it. He goes against that very team that drafted him and this tall, lanky, amazing scorer is just dropping like points and bunches on the team that mm-hmm. said he was undraftable. But he's got to be pissed. He puts all this money in this franchise and he goes down and again in a kind of a laughing stock manner, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's clearly an emotional response, but one that's obviously justified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just look I always look at the coaches firings as who else are you going to get? I mean, who are you going to get that's right. better than Doc Rivers in terms of, you know, maybe you can criticize some of his, you know, adjustments or whatever, but as, in terms of a leader and a head coach, I mean, he's the kind of guy I'd want to play for. He's he's mm-hmm. a professional guy. I just you know, I was just look at it, you know, it's the Clippers. Who else? Who are you going to find that's better? <laughs> yeah. Given how many coaches you burned through in the last, yeah. you know, forty years, um, I, I just, you know, I, I always just laugh at this. They mm-hmm. think there's somebody else out there that can do a better job. And yeah, I think it's you just, know, maybe if it, if it's if it's Ty Lue, is it Ty Lue that's that's favorite? That's what Jared so. was thinking. Right? Right yeah, now. I mean, then yeah. then that that might be good because he's. I think he's he's really good. He's solid. He'll he'll you know he'd be a good choice, but. Um, he has which, experience which, smoothing over egos. What's sure. really scary is that you know the Clippers seem like they got they got felled by chemistry issues, and that's almost Doc Rivers' specialty, really. Yeah. Um, and if and he couldn't do it, them, like right? that's that's really scary. Yeah. Well, that's why I look at the. I mean, I I look at those games, and I know you guys have already hashed this out, but mm-hmm. you know what? Three games in a row, they were up by double digits. Yeah. So what they were doing was working. It's up yeah. to the players to finish that thing, and That's true. they yeah. didn't finish. It doesn't matter what scheme you put in there; they, you know, they're shooting, you know, Paul George shots off the top of the backboard. <laughs> it doesn't matter what scheme you have. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, I just think, you know, they had leads, the players didn't finish, and I, I know the coach is the one, coach is the one that gets the, the heat, but mm-hmm. I just think those players didn't show up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like they were. They had bad shots. They had a, a lot of good shots that they, they were just missing. I, I, I mean, I think, playoff yeah. P certainly didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, you know, P showed up, though. Once it goes south, you always, you know, then all of a sudden people start grumbling and yeah, they're upset at this. True. And, you know, it's just like, okay, well, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> trying to find yeah. somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great point. You got to know who you're fire or who you're hiring if you're going to fire your, your incumbent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they really do think Ty Lue is the guy, or maybe they had their eye on Dan Tony. I don't know. I don't God. know. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. But, Who else uh, is out there? 
I mean, so Brett Brown. This is the point in, <laughs> yeah, Brett Brown. Maybe yeah, they just should swap, just stop just swap coaching. They should just trade him. Yeah. Trade him, throw yeah. in a first round pick somewhere. <laughs> didn't he get traded? Didn't Doc Rivers get traded to the Clippers? Yeah, from the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. Boston literally traded him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that with a coach. He yeah. was under contract, and that's what they negotiated. That's so. crazy. Yeah, classic Danny Ainge. Yep, <laughs> he's a wheeler and dealer man. Yeah, yep. So I don't know. In my opinion, I think maybe they need to start looking a little off book because mm-hmm. I'm really just tired of the same names being thrown out time and time again. The carousel, it's always yeah. Van Gundy. It's always, you know, the last coach of LeBron plus Brett Brown and D'Antoni and all these other guys that are fringe kind of contenders every time. Right. Mm-hmm. Get some new blood in here. Where did like, Nick Nurse come from? What was he doing before? He's been coaching he got... everywhere. Where yeah, he, he's has, the, he he's was everywhere. Yeah, well, he, he was, was the assistant coach. He got promoted from within. He was the okay, assistant coach gotcha. to. Okay. Um, but he was a grinder. Was he just he just came up the ranks. I actually saw in an interview that at one point uh, Nick Nurse contemplating quitting coaching and and moving to like I don't know some sort of data analysis position with a company. Oh wow! But uh, hey, good thing he it. didn't. Yeah, <laughs> good for him for the, for the Raptors. Yeah, <laughs> Dwayne Casey. Thank you. That that's the name. Yeah, he was doing Casey's assistant. I mean, okay. it's, it's yeah. similar. I think coaching is is a little similar to college basketball in a, in a terms of the longer you're at those lower levels and the more you, you move around and coach different types of teams, the better you become when you finally get to this top stage, the more equipped you are. Like guys like Isaiah Thomas and Magic who are just hired because they're great point guards. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily translate to being a good coach. You need no. to have the grind of, of coaching teams that aren't, superstar teams to get to get a feel mm-hmm. of how to maximize the talents of your players which is nick nurse is a you know the perfect case study he's he's amazing. well i've got a couple yeah. names for you what about patrick ewing his name is always kind of thrown around but he never really gets hired he always seems to get stuck at the uh the college level and the other mm-hmm. person i was thinking is becky hammond oh but mostly because i think becky deserves a shot at some point mm-hmm. um see what she can do yeah, I was, I was just about to ask when you were talking about thinking outside the box if you were thinking college or if you were thinking like overseas. But oh, I see. But I see what you're saying. Just like people that haven't already been head coaches in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. I think you need I mean, a those new are those fresh are perspective. Um, I have. I think I, I, being a Knicks fan, of course, I've always been on the the Patrick Ewing bandwagon. Um, so I've I've looked into that before. Apparently, um, he interviews badly. Um. In, in these in these coaching scenarios where he I guess he comes off as as entitled I think people have been said um, so I, I I don't know about Ewing um, he seemed like he was doing okay at Georgetown um, nothing really spectacular, um, spectacular. but I don't know yeah. I don't know yeah that's fair I mean there were just names that I thought of and I thought mm-hmm. I should throw out because uh, yeah I don't know I guess I'm just tired I'm tired of the coaching carousel <laughs> yeah no it is it is I mean you guys aren't old enough to know but you know back in the 80s and maybe early 90s you know there was the the gene shoes and the bill fitches and these guys that just kept getting hired by everybody and you know so they have like three million wins and four million losses on their record they have (laughs) you know just below 500 records but they just kept getting hired and hired and hired it's like oh my god can we look at something else here but uh, the college thing to me just doesn't seem uh, it just does not seem to work in the pros. It's just mm-hmm. these guys can't adapt to the 
the pro yeah. culture and it's not a command and control and yeah. the successes are definitely outliers not you know the norm yeah i mean you really yeah. have to you know be a great manager of personalities and mm-hmm. you know, you're not, you're not just a dictator and, it, and it, yeah exactly that. it's so different it's such a different style it seems to work better in the nfl weirdly yeah because like guys like Pete carroll right guys yeah. like harbaugh guys like um, but even pete carroll he had an early run and it didn't go well so he, yeah. had, so he yeah, had to go he back to college and, and then came back. Yeah, he learned. Um, yeah. I mean, who's the most successful, like, first college coach, then NBA coach? I can't even really think of one. I mean, Brad Stevens? Is I Brad mean, right Stevens? now, obviously, it's got to be Stevens. Yeah, but, probably now. Um, but guys have had decent success. Like, uh, Billy Donovan has had pretty good success. Yeah. He hasn't won, but yeah. he's, you know, he's had good success. Um. um but, uh, Calipari had a really bad run in the NBA, right? Yeah, now. he didn't do well. <laughs> so did Patino. Um, oh, who was the Louisville Patino, guy? Yeah. Why can't I remember his name? Yeah, he, the what? Not, Patino. Yeah, yeah, he was. Patino, a, oh, you just said Patino. That's you right. know, and the Michigan yeah. guy just, you know, he crashed and burned. Um, oh, yeah, or, yeah. Um, yeah. What's his name? Bayline or? Oh, John Bayline. Yeah, Bayline. That, that Bayline. guy. Yeah. Bayline. Yeah. The Cleveland coach. Who, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> was shot horrible. Himself in the <laughs> Hashtag slug life. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> never forget. <laughs> I mean, the the power dynamic is necessarily so different, and I yeah. think some some coaches, some college coaches, just can't can't yeah, deal with that. I, yeah, I mean, you go from coaching teenagers that you know live in dorms to multimillionaires. It's yeah. it's completely yeah. different. Because yeah, 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 you need is. you need to coach them differently. Yeah, that's why yeah, I think yeah. yeah, coming up through the the ranks. Cause that's where you build the relationships as that assistant coach, you know, working in player development, working with the mm-hmm. players personally that you, you kind of develop a little bit better. Yeah. So maybe they should understand how to work with them versus just coming cold from college. And it just doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't translate. Cause yeah, you look in the Eastern conference, like you said, Nick nurse was the assistant. Um, Spolstra came up the ranks in the Heat organization. Those guys have been really good. Are really good coaches. Um, so maybe, maybe they look with it, and maybe they look internally. Let's give Phil Handy a shot. Let's give Phil Handy a job. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, that's all the topics I had on the docket here for us today. We got through them in a uh, decent clip. Uh, I don't have anything else to talk about. Did you guys have any uh, last topics or anything that you wanted to cover? Otherwise, we'll just kind of end the pod. No, I think I think yeah, I think that's good for today. Yeah, You're good. All right, all right. Well, thanks for coming on to my father, John. Yeah. <laughs> Thank and, you. Yeah, uh, that was fun. It was a blast. That was fun. Yeah, it's great talking ball. Always yep. is. Yeah. <laughs> thanks to Jerome again, and thanks to Jake. Any last words? Get a boo. Another Jerome Skelly call to greatness. This time it's for Jimmy Butler. 50. Give me 50, Jimmy. <laughs> Papa. No, I've got nothing. I'm, I'm all talked out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, great pod. Instant classic. I like it. And uh, peace. We'll see you in the next one.